Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ the fan. Lakes Woods and Irons, you can find us on Facebook as well, and also Pod MN, the new landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. That thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Chris, uh, another week we go, and we had a little bit of, uh, well, certainly bad news for golf fans. The McKenzie Tour uh, coming to uh, Brandon Baxter and uh, coming to Craigens has been uh, quite the buzz since uh, the whole announcement was made that they were coming. Uh, but uh, the McKenzie Tour um, pulled the plug on their summer tour, and you've got a little background on that. A, a big part of that decision was uh, the way the other tours are, are going right now. Yeah, the, the the biggest part of it was with currently the the PJ Tour, you know, to get to the PJ Tour, you have to advance through the web.com or the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, and with the season's gone, they've, they've basically everybody is going to stay in place. So you've got, if you've had if you have a PJ Tour card this year, it, that's going to continue to next year. So no no movement on the PGA Tour. So because of that, the the players on the Web.com Tour are also uh, staying in place. And so rather than advancing the 25 to 50 players from the, from the Corn Ferry Tour to the PGA Tour, they're going to stay in place for a year. Well, that puts the the McKenzie Tour in flux because the main incentive of the McKenzie Tour is the advancement. Uh, to the web tour, or the, keep calling it the web, of the the corn ferry tour. Yeah, yeah. So with with that uh, with that opportunity gone, and then the the second part of it is currently, and hopefully this will will change. But if, when you're traveling internationally right now, you have to quarantine for for 14 days. So it, it really puts makes it almost impossible for players to you know come from Canada, expect to play an event here without, you know, that, that downtime of, of having a quarantine. So they were at the, the, the McKinsey tour is actually supposed to start next week or two weeks from now uh, in Florida at the TPC Sawgrass or um, one of the, not the stadium course, but their other golf course there. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really kind of changed the whole, how everything's going to work for the next uh, really 18 months. Yeah, we'll get uh, Chuck Kletkatsky on uh, in, uh, the, in the show as well, and uh, Chuck can give us a little update on uh, how things look down the road for the McKenzie Tour. I know that's pretty promising. We'll get uh, an update from Chuck and everything that's happening at Craigans, which is uh, open and uh, people are enjoying golf there. Got a great another guest, uh, Alan Tate. Uh, he is a uh, the director of golf at Marriott uh, Dalmahoy Hotel and Country Club on the outskirts of uh, Edinburgh and uh, has quite a, a storied background career and he's uh, uh, just, uh, just a great guy in the world of golf and works with a lot of young kids like you do, Chris, with his golfing program, G-O-L-P-H-I-N. So we'll talk to Alan and uh, probably maybe over the next couple of weeks, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Alan's had a uh, a very interesting journey in the game of golf, and is a uh, great storyteller, and has a has a great passion for the game. Yeah, and if you're interested in listening to a to a guy who shot a 64 at Carnoustie, you might want to stick around for the Alan Tate interview. 
No kidding. 64. Is, uh, well, you've, you, you've said that uh, that might be the toughest golf course in the world. You know, it, it, I, I, I think it, it's definitely the toughest golf course I've ever played. And um, I think I've played there six times, Mac. And the first five times I caught it on days that were just either 30, 45 mile an hour winds or <laughs> just raining sideways. Yeah. And it takes a hard golf course to almost impossible. Uh, and I, I really, I never had any desire to go back there, but, uh, the last time I, I, w- I played there, uh, I hit it on a sunny, calm day, maybe 65, 70, 70 degrees. And it was, it was a, uh, it was a delight to play. So you, 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 it just shows you how much that weather and other things influence your, your, uh, perception of a place. But, uh, <laughs> even, a... even in, even in the easiest condition, it's, uh, <laughs> incredibly hard golf course right yeah wow so that'll be a lot of fun uh alan tate and chuck kletkatsky you're listening to lakes woods and irons on 1380 kliz welcome back to lakes woods and irons with chris foley colin mcdonald with you 1380 kliz the fan and uh, online now at pod mn the landing spot for minnesota podcasts and also facebook lakes woods and irons on Facebook. Chris, a very special guest from a part of the world that uh, you're a big fan of and I'm a descendant of, so uh, I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, we, we've, we've kind of had a Scotland theme going the last couple weeks, Mac, but I uh, want to welcome to the show uh, Alan Tate. Alan is the Director of Golf Operations for Golf Fin, which is a, uh, we'll let him explain that a little more, but it focuses on uh, on junior golf and equipment, and he has a uh, He's had quite a golf career that's uh, led him to this place. We share a passion for uh, introducing people and especially kids to the game. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Alan, you're uh, you're located just uh, just outside of St. Andrews near Edinburgh, and um, golf is just getting going back open in Scotland. And give us a little uh, little update where you guys are at in this. Uh, yeah, well, the golf, the golf courses were pre- pretty much locked down for probably 10 weeks. Um, so we only got the golf courses open uh, last Friday. Um, and the weather has thankfully been fantastic for Scotland as well. It's uh, almost tropical. <laughs> so it's, it's been great for the golfers to get back out there. But there are a lot of restrictions in place. Um, so, there, you know, you, you can only play with a, a two ball um, at the moment. Um, you can only play a three ball or a four ball if you all live in the same house or you're from the same family, obviously. Um, and then all the golf course furniture has all been removed off the golf courses. So there's no tee markers. You have to putt with the, the pin in, um, et cetera. So there's, and, and all the clubhouses are still closed. So some of the clubs who have got the sort of resort places, who have got halfway houses, they're still managing to get the halfway house open, which is good, but certainly clubhouse and all the other facilities are all still currently closed. But I don't think people are too bothered. I think they're just delighted to get back out there. And um, as I say, especially the weather has been so good over here the last couple of months. It's just been hard for people sitting at home and, and the sun's been shining and they've not been getting onto the, the golf course. And and it's hurting a lot of golf clubs um, business-wise as well. You know, that there's, there's a lot of clubs in the UK are struggling to 
to keep open and and to be closed for two months when the the weather was fantastic has probably hurt a lot of, a lot of clubs and it's hurt a lot of uh, golf um, club professionals as well. You know they've not been able to do any teaching or sell any retail. So it was uh, it was really great to get the get the um, you know get the at least a few of the restrictions lifted to allow golfers to get back out there, which has been great. No question, it's it's good for the golf business to get back open and. It's it's good for everybody's mental health to get it back out there and play some golf and get some fresh air and and uh, enjoy life a little bit. Absolutely. Well, and like a lot of a lot of guys in the profession, you uh, started out with a uh, mindful of uh, getting on tour and being a professional golfer as a young uh, a young professional, and well, you had some real highlights uh, early in your young career and including uh, playing with one of our better players from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had, a, I had a pretty good amateur career. And uh, as you say, I turned pro when I was uh, 21 back in 1990. And it was always the dream to play on the, the European tour. But um, as you guys know, it's so tough to try and get on any of these tours. And, and I was six years trying um, with with no joy. And then eventually I, I got my card for the 1997 um, season. Um, and it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I loved every minute of it. I just, I didn't play well. I, I don't mind admitting I was a little bit overawed by the, the whole experience. And you're out there on the range and all of a sudden you're out there on the range next to Seve and Faldo and, and Greg Norman. And these are all people who were heroes when I was growing up watching the game. And all of a sudden you're out there on the range trying to compete against these guys. But it was a fantastic um, experience great great experience um i didn't make any money at all I've, in fact i i lost quite a lot of money i got into quite a bit of debt trying to fund my my year on the european tour but again it's not something i i would ever regret is you get one chance at it and uh, yeah i was very fortunate the the scottish open was being played at uh, carnoustie and uh i actually i, I put my name up for a practice time at 11 31 and when I got to the first tee, um, I, I was going to tee off early because nobody was about. And the next thing the first tee starter said to me, you might want to hang about for 10 minutes. And I said, why? And he says, well, two guys have put their name up beside you. And I said, OK, and what's what's the big deal? He said, well, one of them's Ben Crenshaw, who had just won the Masters three months before <laughs> and was a huge hero of mine. And he says, the other one's this uh, tee woods that everyone's talking about. So I, I thought he was—I thought he was just pulling my leg. I thought he was um, having a bit of fun with me. But you know, a couple of minutes later, the, 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 a lot of people started milling around at the first tee, and the atmosphere just changed a little. And uh, the next thing, out the crowd appeared Crenshaw and, and Tiger, and uh, an incredible experience. And we went away and, and played that whole 18 holes at Carnoustie that day with them. Um, Crenshaw, just a wonderful, wonderful man, just the nicest man to play golf with. And, and Tiger was great as well, I have to say. He was very, you know, he was young. He was 19, 20-year-old, but mature beyond his years. And it was just an amazing an amazing deal playing with him that day. I, I, was, I was actually more intimidated playing with Crenshaw because, as I say, he was the Masters champion and um, he's always been a hero of mine. And we didn't know an awful lot about Tiger then, but... Gosh, that soon changed when uh, he won the Masters about 18 months later by 12. So it was great to see him up close. And uh, and, and I, I loved playing with him, as I say. He couldn't have been nicer. And, and Crenshaw was just a gem. So a very special day. 
you know, and I, I've played Carnoustie half a dozen times, and I always tell everybody it's to me it's the hardest golf course in the world, uh, especially if you catch it in the in not very good weather. And uh, you've had some great experiences at Carnoustie, that one, and, and you held the course record at Carnoustie for a while. Yeah, so so that was the whole reason that um, I ended up getting to play with Tiger and Crenshaw because uh, the uh, Crenshaw's caddy had seen my name on the on the starting sheet at 11.31, and he actually said to Crenshaw, this guy here playing at 11.31, uh, he, he shot the course record here last year, 64. You might want to play with this guy. He's he's an assistant pro. He works in Glasgow, and Crenshaw apparently said to Tiger, "Let let do you want to play with this guy?" And Tiger said, "Absolutely, let's play." Let, you know, and that was how that was how that game came around. But yeah, I was playing um, in a in a, a, a four round professional tournament here in Scotland the year before, and um, the, the third round it was um, they, they used three different golf courses. It was a pro am format. And they used three different golf courses, and then all the leading teams and leading individuals qualified for the the seventy-two for the fourth round. So I was doing pretty well. I'd played the other two courses first, and then I went to the big course at Carnoustie on the third day. And it was just one of those days, guys. That I'd, you know, Chris, that I just went out there, and and I don't want this to sound big-headed in any way, because people have said to me, "Oh gosh, that that round you had at Carnoustie, you must have hold." so many putts, you must have chipped in, you must have hold bunker shots. And I and I, I never did anything out of the out of the ordinary. I just I, I drove the ball well that day. My iron play was great and, and you know I was getting my irons in close and really just taking my chances. So <laughs> it was just a, a, a round of golf the way that golf's meant to be played, although it doesn't happen to us very often. And and really the the longest putt hold was probably fourteen fifteen feet. So I didn't do anything crazy. It was just a, a round of golf that God, I, I wish I could uh, bottle and and, and <laughs> put it put it in a, a jar and and <laughs> never let go of how I felt that day. It was just uh, an incredible experience and and then two very special days in my life that both happened ironically at, at Carnoustie. So the, a big big place in my heart. So the the record lasted for twenty three years. Um, and was only beaten in 2017 when it was the, the Dunhill and uh, a certain Tommy Fleetwood birded the last at Carnoustie to, to beat me by one. So I didn't mind losing to a, a, a UK and, and a superstar, um, and, and he seems a good guy as well, Fleetwood. So I had uh, no issue in losing that record after such a long time. Oh, that's That's fantastic. Alan, you're currently involved with a company called Golfin, and I uh, I was introduced to Golfin by uh, my friend Steve North, who's the director of instruction at the San Andreas Golf Golf oh, yeah. Academy. And um, you're starting to make a, some inroads in the states. And tell us about Golfin and, and your role and and what you guys are up to. Yeah, so there's really th- there's three parts of the business. There's um, our award-winning equipment, which Golf Digest have awarded us three times in the last five years as the best junior kids in the world, uh, the, be- the best junior clubs in the world for kids, which is a fantastic accolade. Um, and then we've got a, a My Pathway to Golf program, which is all done through an app. And we've also got uh, an education program where we work with um kids in primary schools over here which is sort of five to about 11 years old um, in, in the primary school so that's the three main areas but um, 
the My Pathway to Golf is proving very, very popular. So use a coach. Um, you can you can you download the app basically, and then all the kids that you coach, um, they're also in the app. So you can send them messages. You can send them skills tests that they can do at home. Um, there's a leaderboard on there. Uh, there's lots and lots of instructional videos. And, and what we are finding, Chris, it's really it's bringing families together because mum and dad start getting involved and they start helping the child maybe at home to, to complete a skills test. Um, or there's quizzes on there as well. So it's not just about um, teaching the kid um, how to play golf. There, there's skills and uh, there's quizzes on there that are golf related and some of them are fitness related and some of them are just health and well-being related. So it's a fantastic app where when the when the um, the coach gives his uh, his tuition to the kids and the kid goes home that night and mum or dad say, you know, well, how did you get on at um, training tonight? The kid usually says, fine. And that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> Whereas mum and dad can now say, okay, well, can, let's go in and mum and dad can log into the, the app and they can see where the child is in the leaderboard and how they're progressing as they move through our six levels on the My Pathway to Golf app. So it's really been a, a wonderful um, it's a wonderful tool. And as I say, it really brings families together and it makes it real fun for the kids as well. Um, so it's been proven really popular. We were at the PGA show in Orlando in January and we launched it out there. The app was, was two years getting built. Um, so it's been really exciting for us. So yeah, we've got uh, we've got customers in Australia now. We've got quite a lot down in the Orlando area. We've got a, a golf pro, a Scottish golf pro called Kenny Nairn. Kenny sometimes does some stuff on the Golf Channel. And Kenny's yeah. our golfing ambassador in the Orlando area. So he's managed to get quite a few accounts signed up for us um, out there. But we just recently had one in Texas and also one in California have signed up. So um, we're, a, we're a, a good partner of the PGA of America, which is fantastic, and, and also PGA of Australia and Germany. So so although the company started off small in Scotland, we, we are starting to get our wings um, um, spread a little further and, and try and conquer the world. So watch this space. That's fantastic. You know, it's interesting, Alan, the, the, as golf courses have reopened in the States here, and um, there aren't a lot of other youth sports that are taking place right now, um, yeah. we're seeing so many more kids on the golf course and so many more families playing golf. And uh, we, we just started our, our big summer junior program today, and uh, we've, ne we've actually never had the demand like we have right now because of uh, uh, because of the lack of other activities, but it's uh, you know it's a, it's something you can do safely, and yeah. it's uh, you know it, it's been great for golf. Uh, if you can say that this pandemic has been good for anything, but uh, we're 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 fortunate to have golf, and it's a great great way for kids to get started now. Absolutely, and and I think the reason is is it's quite similar to here as well, Chris. A lot of kids are taking up golf because it's a non-contact sport and and you, you you know basketball american football soccer you know there's a lot of sweat they're, they're touching they're tackling each other and and golf is so safe that way um as is tennis really i mean tennis you can play singles and, and keep your distance so as long as it's done safely there's no reason why we can't get the kids out there and and we're actually finding in, in scotland a lot of golf clubs memberships were dwindling um, but during lockdown, people are actually now joining golf clubs because a lot of the golf clubs have actually said that 
for the early part of um, lockdown being lifted, you can it can only be members only at certain clubs. So actually, a lot of people are, are taking maybe like a six month membership and they're actually joining golf clubs for that reason. So, although the golf clubs and the golf pro will have lost revenue in the last two months, hopefully, if the weather stays pretty good in Scotland for the next four months. Hopefully they'll be able to recover a lot of that revenue because it is going to be very, very busy. I mean, the, the, the courses this week have been absolutely mobbed. You can't get a tea time anywhere in Scotland right now, which is incredible. People are just desperate to go and play. And I think people are being a little bit more sympathetic now to golf clubs. I think they're, I think you'll see people starting to support golf clubs a little bit more now. So maybe take the family there for a meal or maybe spend a little bit more in the, in the pro shop or in the bar. And I think people are realising that the golf clubs really need the, the public to, to support them and, and the members to support them. So in a, in a twisted way, you're right, it, it might be the it might actually be the, the making of golf being successful again. You're listening to our interview with Alan Tate, alantategolf.com, alantategolf.com. Alan is a PGA fellow professional and he's the director of golf at the Marriott Dalmahoy Hotel and Country Club on the outskirts of Edinburgh. We'll have uh, part two with Alan next week and he'll talk about Tom Watson's legendary run at uh, the British Open Championship at age 59 years old when Alan was on the course covering golf for the BBC. You're listening to 1380 KLIZ. The fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with uh, Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Uh, Podcast MN is another place you can find us. Also on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. And uh, this segment actually brought your way by Craigans with uh, great golf, great food, great resort to stay at. And uh, coincidentally, Chuck Klitkaski, director of golf at Craigans, is with us. Uh, Chuck, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back on the show. Yeah, good to have you back. Uh, got some uh, not completely unexpected, but bad news this week about the CRMC championship that was coming to Craigans in August 17th through the 23rd. And uh, decisions made by the McKenzie Tour uh, have uh, canceled that event for the year, Chuck. Yes, sir. The um, 2020 CRMC championships uh, basically postponed until uh, 2021. Uh, last week, the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada, uh, canceled the 2020 season so that uh, due to the ongoing COVID-19 public health crisis, they simply had to make a decision. And as a repercussion of that decision, our event got uh, canceled for 2020 and the inaugural CRMC championship will be in August of 2021. Well, it was kind of a, a domino effect, Chuck, in a way with the tours, uh, the PGA putting a hold on, on, on their current tours for this year. Uh, saying they'll all be available to play next year, correct? And it just kind of trickled down from there? It really did. And there were three main factors, actually. The border closing, as well as the quarantine of players that would be traveling into Canada, they were going to have to quarantine for two weeks. Right. And then, uh, you know, take a week or maybe 10 days or something to practice and get in tournament golf condition. Um, and that, as well as the members of the Canadian Tour, uh, are the players. And as a service to their members, they wanted to make a decision um, to, to let those guys go on with their summer or play on a different tour in America or do whatever they can do to, to make a living. So sure. they didn't want to prolong the decision any longer. And so that's what led to the uh, cancellation of the 2020 season. And then uh, 2021, the event will occur again. 
Yeah, that's the great news. Uh, uh, it's a long-term relationship, and everybody feels real solid about that. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, Chuck? Well, that's the exciting part is uh, between the PGA Tour of Canada, uh, CRMC, and Craigans and the event, um, we still have a six-year contract with them. It basically is just the first, the inaugural year is going to be next year. So now we're going to take advantage of that opportunity to uh, solidify our partnerships and you know really pull off an event that, with 14 months of planning, uh, will probably be you know better than what the second year event would have been anyway. So we're taking the uh, trying to make the best out of a, a tough situation, and we're excited that uh, professional golf is going to be coming to the Brainerd Lakes area and. Uh, you know, one of the, the disappointments is, though, that we're not going to be able to raise the funds for charity that we were hoping to put back into the community. Right. And, you know, that's a that's a loss. But, you know, hopefully we can raise more money next year um, and, you know, still do do good with this uh, with this community event. Yeah. And it is kind of a, it's a kind of a worldwide tour when you think of it. And uh, with two week quarantines, every time you cross a border in the world right now, You've got to play in Canada, then you've got to play in the United States, and some of the players come from Asia, some from uh, South America, uh, a lot from Canada, obviously, but uh, really an interna- international field, and uh, everybody's having to quarantine two weeks, and then, like you say, get golf ready for another week at least, I would think. So that's uh, it's just tough right now. Yeah, but it really, uh, you know, we feel uh, we feel relieved that we have an answer for our for our partners as well as for the players and all that. And we're disappointed that uh, the volunteers won't be able to come out this year, but we'll, uh, we'll be going strong for 2021. And, uh, you know, the CRMC championship is, uh, although it's a week long event, you know, our partnership, uh, they, they do last the whole year. So, you know, we're still going to be engaging, um, you know, with some, with some uh, promotions and, and different things that, uh, you know, help get our, our, our partners and our sponsors, you know, visibility in the community and, and also to know that uh, we're building towards a, a great event next August. Sure, absolutely. Everybody's going to be looking forward to it. And like you say, uh, another uh, year to build on it. So it's a good opportunity for you to do that, do it that way as well. Chuck, yes, the sir. course is uh, just great. We've been I've been out uh, uh, several times and uh, just having a, having a good time with golf this spring. And uh, opening up a bit more now and making uh, life a little easier for the restaurant and the resort. And uh, uh, things are starting to open up some. Yeah, it's great. We've got uh, a nice dinner menu now being served uh, with reservations on um, on the legacy deck that overlooks Bobby's number ten and Dutch number nine. Um, it was going to be the uh, tournament hospitality area for the CRMC championship, but uh, now it's just our regular seating. You know, obviously spaced out a little bit, but uh, we've got a great dinner menu there, and we've got the the grill going uh, all day outside for to go food, and just a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for people to come out and enjoy the great weather that's been going on in the lakes area and and um you know just have a little bit of uh, outdoor time even if you're not a golfer yeah absolutely yeah i've uh, had more than my fair share of cheeseburgers off that grill <laughs> over by the uh <laughs> they, they definitely smell good it's uh it's been a it's been a popular uh popular uh offering this this spring <laughs> course remains in great shape i gotta say on that deck to uh it's outside dining right now or around the state of Minnesota, and uh, that's just one of the most beautiful places to uh, sit outside and eat in the lakes area. So a uh, nice opportunity there. Yeah, so reservations, if people want to call out to the grill, they can call 218-825-2725 and uh, set up a reservation, not just for that day. If they know, if you know you've got some uh, family in town, you've got a foursome that wants to come out to dinner or whatever, they can uh, make a reservation for the weekend, and we'll have a table ready for you. 
And Chuck, golf reservations uh, online a lot now. Yeah, a lot of people are booking online, but the golf shop is open as well, so people can call in and uh, and book their times, or they can go on Craigins.com and, and book tee times. So there's a lot of good merchandise sales going right now, and uh, we're excited to see people uh, back out on the back out on the links, and, and now they're coming out to the deck to eat as well. So happy times at the Legacy. Yeah, no kidding. I'm breaking in the new golf shoes uh, tonight, actually, or tomorrow night, and uh, that's going to make my game better, I think, the new shoes. That's awesome. We were saying that your team has uh, often often starts out really hot, and this is the latest in the season that you've ever been tied for the lead in the men's league. <laughs> yeah, didn't start till late, so we're hanging in a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate you guys always coming out, and uh, again, thanks for helping us uh, inform people as to what's up with the CRMC Championship, and again, we're building for a, an inaugural event now in August of 2021. Chuck, thanks for taking the time. Sure appreciate it. Always a pleasure. That is Chuck Kletkatsky, Director of Golf at Craigens, with an update on the uh, CRMC Championship. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. We had a connection there with uh, Chris that I think, uh, I don't know whose end it was on. It looked like he was connected and I was connected. We just weren't uh, connected with each other. So we (laughs) managed to uh, muddle through and handle that one ourselves. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, Facebook as well at Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and also a Podcast MN, a great landing spot for Minnesota podcasts, including Lakes, Woods, and Irons. That brought your way by Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Uh, thanks to our guests. Boy, that was a lot of fun. Alan Tate, uh, all the way from Scotland. We had a little initial difficulty hooking up with him last week and got him this week, and uh, uh, he's uh, gregarious and a great speaker, and that was a lot of fun. And also uh, our old pal Chuck Kletkatsky as well. Chris, I was on the range uh, on Sunday just hitting some golf balls, and I'd seen uh, Katie out there, your daughter, Katie Foley, uh, yeah. when we had our lesson together. And then uh, I saw Izzy, uh, Izzy Olson hitting some golf balls, and it just kind of struck me those girls uh, were two of the ones that we're looking to maybe build on a very impressive season last year, and of course that got uh, got taken away this year. Yeah, it, um, you know, just like all the other spring sports, unfortunately, they did not get an opportunity to play. But the the, the great thing about golf is that the we've got the high school season, but the big part of the season is the summer tournament season, and uh, fortunately, most of those tournaments are going to take place. Uh, uh, a lot of the Minnesota PGA Junior events, and there's there's been some new event, events pop that have kind of come up to uh, to take the place of the high school season, and and it sounds like we're still going to have some of the, uh, the state amateur events. So it's uh, those kids are out working on their games, and it's it's really fun to see. And what what's nice about the the, the Brainerd program for those for the girls is um, they're not losing any players that they would have had this year. So they uh, they've got another season to uh, to re- you know to kind of hopefully get back to state and, and improve on their performance there last year. Yeah, try to repeat again as uh, as uh, section champs. I don't know I don't know what Katie and uh, Izzy way combined, but I think it's quite a bit <laughs> less than me. Man, do those two girls get to the bottom of their swing and make a, a sweet connection with the golf ball? They just uh, one of the great things about the game is. Uh, as is proven on the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour, uh, size really doesn't matter in the world of golf. Uh, uh, if you can put some torque on a golf swing, you can you can shoot some some great golf. 
No, both those girls stand about five feet tall, but they both generate a lot of club head speed. And I'd, I'd guess pound per pound, there's not too many girls that hit it farther than those two. So. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Fun to watch, and uh, it, it's, it's neat to see uh, these girls spending a lot of time working on their games. They love being out here and uh, are passionate about it. And What a better place to be, you know? We were fortunate enough to get going uh, a little golf in April and certainly through the month of May now. What are you seeing on the uh, practice tee, Chris? What uh, uh, maybe people are working on or should be working on after uh, after maybe three or four or five rounds that people have put in and some, some people more than that? Yeah, some people have gotten, you know, they're off to, they've played more rounds in the in the month of May than they, they get in in a year, which is, is pretty neat. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're struggling with your game, the, the thing that uh, I always encourage people to do is, is you really have to kind of st- take a step back and analyze your game to know what, what areas to work on and where, where, where is your practice going to have the biggest impact. And, you know, we, we joke a lot on the show about are, are you exercising or are you practicing? And most people tend to exercise. And you know if you if you if you analyze your game, um, the biggest impact on score is your approach play. So your, your second shot on a par par four hole, third shot on a par five, first shot on a par three, and and the more greens you can hit in regulation, the lower your scores are going to be. And so I, I always I always tell people you put your first priority. On, on that practice. Then, then secondly is your ability to get up and down. So uh, chip shots, pitch shots, uh, shots from let's say 40 yards in. You know, if, if you were to split your practice time, let's say you split it into thirds, you want to spend about a third of your time on that approach play. And statistically, when we look at most players play, that approach play, the majority of people's shots if you're playing the appropriate tees, are going to be from 125 to 175 yards. So spend your time with the clubs that you're hitting in those areas. You don't have to spend a, a ton of time hitting three woods um, or you know maybe full wedges, but spend your time in those areas, 125 to, to 175. Then spend a third of your time on your chipping and pitching and trying to get the you know get those chip and pitch shots within let's say five feet of the hole. Uh, if you can get, if you can hit your chip shots and pitch shots within five feet of the hole, you're going to make a lot of those putts. And at five feet for the average player, that's where their, their make percentage is about 50%. So if we can get it in there, we're going to make a lot of those putts. So a third of the time there. And then a third of your time on the putting green. And, and in that practice, spend the majority of the time on distance control. You know, putts of inside of 10 feet and then distance control 30 feet and in. And the better you are at, you know, the better your distance control is, the more putts you're going to, the more you're going to, the less you're going to three putt, uh, the more you're going to have easy two putts, and then the more putts you're going to make because you have the correct speed. Yeah, it makes total sense. That it's, And it's just kind of... Uh... Uh, disciplining yourself to hit uh, 30 or shots or chips that's something you don't you don't see it on the driving range you know uh, no you 
you know, in our our, our practice facility at the Legacy, we've got a, a wonderful range, and we've got a nice little short game area that that is a little bit out of the way, but uh, it's it's pretty rare that you see anybody on the on that short game area, so you can have a big impact on that scoring. <laughs> I went up there the other day and got frustrated on Sunday, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wanted to say I, I I think it's my third course of the year. I played uh, I played the Pines earlier and uh, I got out to uh, got out to Rutgers uh, Wednesday this last week. Dave Sedlowski and the crew out there treated us good, and uh, so that was I wanted to thank Dave for that. That was a wonderful day on the golf course. Not my best golf, but uh, I can always return and try to do better. So. There are no bad days on the golf course. Man. No, that's very true. It was uh, good friends and good weather and uh, and a good golf course, so why not? All right, Chris, that wraps another week. Thanks, Thanks a lot, man. Thanks to our guests, Alan Tate and Chuck Kletkatsky. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Anticipation is building. The holidays are just around the corner, and at the Home Depot, we can't wait. With Black Friday savings all through November, you can count down to Christmas early with a Santa Countdown Inflatable Special Buy, only $69.98. Or anticipate when friends and family come to visit with an entrance full of LED lights that will welcome them and the holidays with open arms. Get the holiday magic started early. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.